welcome to Talking Element. We are in week three of our series in the Songs of Ascent. So today we looked at Psalm 122, which the theme is worship. So I have my guests here, Janet Bourne and Alan Smithson. We were just talking about how we need a couple name for them because that's kind of a mouthful. Bornson. Bornson is, that I actually, actually kind come of, to mind, yeah. I actually do kind of like that. Okay. There Smorn. is something that. Oh no. <laughs> No. <laughs> Odds are, if you have a grade age child, or elementary age child in the Orchid School District, and they're watching this, they may be screaming, saying, "Mr. Smithson!" That's me. Or my favorite, when they go, "Music teacher." Yes. I accept either. Yeah. You guys want to share a little bit about yourselves? So we've been married for about nine years. Um, I am uh, an assistant professor at UC Santa Barbara in music theory, and I also do work in music theory and music psychology. And we have uh, an adorable two-year-old son named Malcolm, who you might have seen running around very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> he was very fast. <laughs> he's, he's extremely fast. <laughs> yeah, and like Michelle said, I'm an uh, music teacher in the Orchid School District, and I see a lot of kids. So, and often kids, kids see me all over the place in Orchid. So, um, yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much for being here. So, before we kind of dive into conversation, I wanted to share Psalm 122 in the Songs of Ascent. So, it goes When they said, Let's go to the house of God, my heart leaped for joy. And now we're here, O Jerusalem, inside Jerusalem's walls. Jerusalem, well-built city, built as a place for worship. The city to which the tribes ascend, all God's tribes go up to worship. To give thanks to the name of God, this is what it means to be Israel. Thrones for righteous judgment are set there, famous David thrones. Pray for Jerusalem's peace, prosperity to all you Jerusalem lovers. Friendly insiders get along, hostile outsiders keep your distance. For the sake of my family and friends, I say it again, live in peace. For the sake of the house of our God, God, I'll do my very best for you. Hmm. So what strikes you guys about that psalm? Just the earnestness mm -hmm. in it, especially that last line, like, yeah, God, yeah. I will do, do my very best. I will do my very best. Something else that strikes me about it is actually kind of like the collective nature of it. There's a lot of like wheeze. Yeah. And this like not it not being, you're not alone. Yeah, that community aspect of worship, it's something that it feels natural to do together. Yeah. yeah. Can you speak to the importance of worship in the context of community, what that has looked like for you? I would say pretty consistent in terms of mm -hmm. as we've like moved around is how important community has been for us in mm -hmm. terms of worshiping. And I would say that we've lived like a pretty like, nomadic lifestyle, but I really, really realized kind of how important community was, at least for me personally, as part of the worship process. Mm -hmm. When during the pandemic, everything was like shut down and we were in, you know, and we were, we were worshiping like in, inside our, mm. inside our house. And, um, and we still had each other. And it's not to say that it's obviously you can worship by yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you, you can't worship or it's ineffective or anything. My worship felt more detached, I would say, mm. like from, from God, kind of uh, the longer, I was kind of apart from that kind of actual like physical in-person 
community. Yeah, I definitely say there's something to, to place in worship too, going somewhere and doing something because when we were doing it at home, we had lots of instances, and I'm sure a lot of people resonate with this. It's just like the kids get in the way, and <laughs> yes. Malcolm. We were like, I remember watching a service at one point. And Malcolm jumps up at the table and he just starts yelling. He starts um, yelling like in front of the TV. Like we're trying to watch Aaron, and there's Malcolm going. Ah! Yeah, so there is something, and and that song really resonates with that idea, like going and having a place of worship and worshiping together all yeah. at once, because you can. It, it's important to think about and be intentional about this is my time to worship. We were just talking about celebrating and worshiping secularly with like secular music, uh-huh. um, yeah. which we totally, I, I'm a musician and when I play things by composers who are atheists and uh-huh. I'm very aware of the context they're reading the piece, I still see God in it and I still see worship in it. Um, and I see that as part of what I do in my craft, uh-huh. but it, there is something special about separating that time and saying this is my worship time so during the pandemic it was really difficult to do that at home yeah intentionally on a regular basis it just ended up for me at least kind of fading into the background more and more and more as the time went on and it almost felt like a full year of just like am i worshiping on a regular basis i can't i can't tell yeah that i appreciate that that resonates with me i think very quickly what emerged was after the novelty kind of wore off, right, of adjusting to life with COVID. It was very much this sense, deep sense of loss. I remember talking with you about that, just that grief kind of like emerging to the forefront. And Mm -hmm. I think now coming back, mind you, we're all still navigating it, right? But there is new value and new worth, I think that has just become so clear in the context of like being together with other believers. Yeah. Yeah. And it took what, what has, I would say, historically been, for me at least, a very a very joyful thing in worshiping in God and kind of like, it just, there was so much like, I don't know, bitters, bittersweet elements mm-hmm. to it. So you raise a good point. So something Aaron talks about is, you know, worship not necessarily being a feeling. Maybe we mm-hmm. not, we may not feel that it comes as easily to us, whether mm-hmm. we're in the midst of hardship or suffering. So. What what did you kind of learn about worshiping in that context and with this overtone of grief? My first thought yeah. is that it, it, it was less likely to worship mm-hmm. because instead of being something that like I could kind of consistently rely on as something very, very, and it, I mean, I don't say that with like a lot of relish. I feel actually quite a bit of shame mm-hmm. to kind of say that it was kind of a, a feeling of like, well, now worship is really is really hard, so it feels easier just to kind of say like, oh, well, all the days are blending together anyway. Like, <laughs> it's all Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, yeah. it's all Sunday morning, so does it really matter? And I would say that that, you know, in the same way that if you kind of neglect uh, a human relationship, I would say that that did negatively impact my relationship with God. I felt very disconnected from him. I went a lot to liturgy. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this really lovely series that I love called Every Moment Holy. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is like, it's like modern, modern liturgy. And I started the practice (laughs) of kind of reading that out loud to myself is, Mm -hmm. um, is kind of. And you put in the diaper change one and we put that on the wall for a little bit. 
Wait, yes. there's a diaper changing liturgy? Yes. Yes. It's like, why have I oh, never heard of this? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. They also have like, they have like a liturgy for being like distracted on the internet, I think is yeah. one of, is one of them. Speaks to our time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a liturgy over a cup of coffee. Uh. In some ways it was almost like I was trying to fake like a communal element mm. by like kind of saying it out loud, like to, to God. So it's interesting because obviously so many, there's so many different faith beliefs out there, right? Mm -hmm. And and ideas of God, but I think with Jesus and who God has revealed himself to be, we know he's mm -hmm. unmovable and he never changes. And to me, that allows for so much freedom in worship. So what you talked about, to me, the, I don't see the shame in that. I see it mm -hmm. as you wrestling through that. And even in our very own broken act of worship, it's like, whether it's our idols or our desires, like those mm -hmm. emerge in that process and yet God is still there and unmoved. Yeah. And yeah. it's neat to think about worship in that way, what it does for our own hearts. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. God is still God, regardless of our what our worship may look like. You guys moved recently. Yes. Tell me a little bit about why you moved. So we, when we moved to California, we started out in Santa Barbara and I got my job up here. And so we decided to move over to this area and we initially bought in Lompoc. Um, we were able to affordably buy a house there and we started out there and we were looking around for churches and community and we found one in Orchid. Um, and this one, as a matter this of fact. One. <laughs> this one. Spoiler alert. So we, we'd been living there and doing that for a long time and it just, it started to feel odd to constantly be coming here to do all of our life and then be going back to, we were in Vandenberg Village. So yeah, we kind of made the decision, hey, it was important to us to be in the community that we're with. We wanted to worship with our community and just kind of be close, like just like physically and geographically mm -hmm. closer yeah. to this community that we worship with. Yeah. Yes, and with that, so there's the beauty of like our corporate Sunday gatherings, right? We're all yeah. together and, and especially after being apart from that, being together is so sweet. Mm -hmm. But look, talk to me about the context of shared life as in gospel community. Oh, so yeah. what's the yeah. importance of worship in the context of shared life together? One of the things that I really love about like the GC, like the gospel community, like living life together is this idea of worshiping God through kind of more, I don't know, mm -hmm. like just kind of what might be considered like mundane mm -hmm. or kind of like ordinary mm -hmm. activities of um, worshiping God through serving each other and worshiping God just through being with each other. And we wanted to make sure that we we're in our community because we want to also open up our lives to the people around us and make yeah. sure that we can include those people and we can also be very present in their lives as well. And it's, yeah, it makes a big difference, even though it was, it was, it was a 25 minutes, something <laughs> like that. It wasn't a huge deal, but it did yeah. create this element of separation where it was just like that much farther away yeah and so just eliminating that i think immediately makes us feel closer to our community because we're right tied yeah. here something aaron talks about is you know there is kind of the image of worship being like oh we're all singing together we're all reading yeah. the liturgy together yeah. but also just this recognition of you know what is my heart drawn toward mm -hmm. like where yeah. based on the habits and patterns of my life what what does that right. speak to as far yeah. as you know what has captured my heart yeah. and i think we can get part of that you know on a sunday morning but in the context of shared life that's where that emerges i think yeah, where you get exactly, to know yeah. people yeah. and yeah 
you see what their attitude toward work is or how they view family or what the context yeah. is just mm -hmm. for their, their daily habits. And so I think it is really beautiful to, to be able to enter into how we all worship together and to yeah. speak to that and yeah and edify one another. One of the things that I really love about, um, one of the things that I've really loved and was really drawn to about the concept of storytellers is this notion of kind of like, is this talking about like God's story and God's story in other people's lives mm -hmm. and kind of, kind of getting to know people and being mm -hmm. in relationship with people and kind of hearing how God, how like their, their life story has kind of lived out like God's story is lived out through mm -hmm. their life. To me, that's worship in part because not only do you have a sense to kind of get to know that person better and feel like closer and kind mm -hmm. of more connected to them, mm -hmm. but you also get to know God better and you're kind of drawing all together to God and to each other. Yeah, I've loved sharing stories and storytellers and making those connections between each other and figuring out like, oh, we have a shared experience and that's part of God's experience, yeah. 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 Well, to those of you that are watching or listening, thank you so much for joining us. We hope that we inspired you to think about your own acts of worship and what that looks like. And also in the context of community, how our worship can be enriched by those around us as we share our lives together. So one thing though, I want to be careful of is there's a lot of secular groups that get to know each other's hearts mm. and it's it might be worship but it's not mm -hmm. it's not the worship we we want to happen that's so it's very true it is it is a fine line of that's why they are gospel centered right because there can be dysfunctional gcs aa yeah i found oa to be very beneficial for a season i'm sure no that's there's um, some great things but again it's like what what defines your worship and Jesus right. says worship me. Yeah. And OA I think was helpful for me because it was a small tool with a much more powerful story narrative of my life that yeah. defined everything about me and OA didn't define everything about me. Right. I don't get my identity uh in being an overeater which they do. And it's so hard because as GC leaders, we have to be on on top of these things all the time because it's so nuanced and we can go so far, you know, we can be leading a group and it, we can just veer off, you know, in one way or another. You can make worship an idol of itself. Absolutely. Like, look at us, we're, we're yep. passionate. Yeah. You know? Jeff Vanderstelt, he talks about this a lot, but he talks about if you're looking for community for community's sake, you're gonna be a dysfunctional mess. Mm -hmm. And that's my words of what he says, but like, it's it's not healthy. It's not it's not really what you want. And that's why he, he advocates for missional communities. That's a good point though. I think healthy, healthy mission necessitates an outward focus. And if you believe mission is God's work, you know you have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think that's why for, it's so hard to define a gospel community. And that's why like last week I had all these, you know, we had all these things. It's, it's this, it's this, it's this, and this. Uh -huh. Because if the more points you have and, and the more tension that's that you pull, it, like, it, it pulls us into the center. And because we want to emulate Christ, who's all those things. God is a God of community. He is a God of mission. He is a God who serves. Mm -hmm. and, and if we try to, if we just focus on one, 
it that's good, but that will become an idol of that one thing. But uh. as we if if we're effective on one, we need to look at another and try to reach in those others. And I think it'll pull us to the center and to be more like Christ. Right. And that's a much fuller discipleship of of and sanctification ultimately mm-hmm. of of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in our handy dandy uh, handbook, you know, it says community versus gospel community, and it moves from shameful to free. Mm-hmm. It moves from superficial to intimate, self-serving to servants, divided to united, purposeless to co-laborers in Christ's ongoing mission. Oh yeah, worship is blank to worships Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, and that's on, starts on page 12. Communities worship something together. Yeah. And how do we worship? How do we, and so I, I, this is a really good conversation because how do we worship Jesus together better? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's studying the Bible, sure. It's, it's, but it's relying on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's, it's being missional together. It's serving together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I appreciate that they brought up hearing each other's stories, but hearing other stories under God's overarching story. So right. you're hearing it in the context and lens of who God is, what he has done. And then now who are we, how are we created and how, how sin ha- and our sin has destroyed that, but how we're not, that's not the end of the story. Yeah.